have to edit that out now. We haven't started yet. Why do you make such a big deal out of editing the podcast? Like it's literally just render audio file, upload to the interwebs, and then you. Well, it's actually not. Go on. What else is there to it? So a lot of the time we cut out bits in the middle of the podcast. Why? Maybe there's a, a, a word put in there that shouldn't have been put in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a a long, uh, or maybe somebody's phone rings. Vocal fry. Sometimes we somebody's have, phone. Whose phone would that be? I wonder. Sometimes people like to go on the internet and check things. Uh, if there's a falling out, people putting their foot up in the thing and knocking it like that doesn't bother me too much. That doesn't bother you. But, no, but but this does. Don't even. T- oh Jesus! But that does bother you. That's so oh. strange. It's oh, so strange. It's just something about that noise. Uh, and then the other things, put a little compressor over the top. There's a little bit of an echo. So like in this case, where my microphone is quite near to your microphone, the microphones pick things up. So As microphones are want to do. As microphones want to do. Some might say it's their sole purpose in life is to pick things up and put them down. I like to think our microphones have a bigger purpose than that. Uh, go on. I know we use them for clubbing dead flies that are against the window. Uh, the spongy bit on top is is useful for cleaning up wetness on the desk. Uh, Dar's actually lying when he's saying about that. I'm not going to tell you which one of those things he's lying about, but he is lying about one of them. One of them is true. Uh, we do know that we have kept the same spongy bits in the microphone for several years now. I changed this one. You changed a new one? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder how much bacteria is in these. A lot, I'd say. I'd say the original COVID strain is on this. Because <laughs> you started it. Did uh, Russell Brand is on Joe Rogan there. He's uh, quite the character. I, I haven't listened to this one, but Brett Weinstein? He's a fucking langer. Do you not like him? He's just a langer. This is like. the first time I've ever listened to him. He's like, uh, oh, if it's the first time you listen to him, you might be slightly Lulled enamored in. you might be enamored by him but he's actually just a gobshite see I really like what he's talking about yeah but he's complete nonsense he's talking <sighs> he did this thing before right where he go on he he has all these like grand theories and then no one else in the scientific community agrees and they're like oh, that's not very plausible and then mm-hmm. he just gets really mad and feels like he's maligned and marginalised and they're discriminating against him oh, uh, no way I'll give you an example so he was on Rogan there a few years ago and you've done first year biology and sports science, right? You did that, yes. yeah, yeah, yes. So you dissected those Winchester rats, right? I didn't do the. Dissection. You didn't do the rats? No, you'd have loved that. I'd have loved that. There was a lot of people not able to dissect the rats. We didn't. Us. Our biology module didn't have that because we did. I don't think we did biology. I think we did physiology. <laughs> what did you say? Sports and exercise sciences didn't do biology. I don't think so. That's guess. Uh, and he got the maths by fourth year, did he? Anatomy. Our first year is just general science. Just P. Rumpers. Joe, Joe, when it's like half volleyball, half beach ball. <laughs> but their volleyballs are too hard for you to well, use. people take a real serious. <laughs> you got to go around in your tracksuits every day. Yeah. No, we... So, Winchester rats. There's a, yeah. basically the only rats used in... Uh, all of science across any kind of investigations they're all identical they're all their DNA is identical they're all piebald little yeah. rats like you know cutie pies uh, and they're used from a number of suppliers or whatever and he essentially tried to infer 
that all scientific data, any pharmacokinetic data, pharmaceutical investigations were all flawed because all of these Winchester rats were all used from essentially the same place and they've all the same genetic defects and why it doesn't transfer over, you know, and how it like all the science is wrong and essentially pretty much everything, you know. No Which, way. If he had any logical reasoning or any understanding, he'd know that that's completely not true. Yeah. There's multiple different suppliers. But even if that is the case, there's still multiple different clinical trials done at different stages. No yeah. one just goes, well, it worked on rats, so let's just give it to humans. <laughs> like, it was so stupid. It was just yeah, such a fucking... That is... But he he was acting like he discovered this grand conspiracy and this major flaw in the scientific method, you know? Whereas Jeez. in reality, it's like one of a dozen different things. You already suspect that this particular molecule is going to do something. Mm-hmm. It does in rats, and they go, hmm all right, maybe we could do this in humans. And then any, like things that get to phase three trials, maybe phase two trials in pharmaceutical, and no one will really have made any idea. They'll have pegged yeah, some, yeah. a lot of money on something, yeah. and then they'll get there. And routinely it'll happen where phase two trials will have gone shit, and they'll essentially be like, okay, we're just going to can it now. No one was going, oh, this worked on rats. Why didn't it work on humans? Mm. You know, They're like, oh, that's like valuable data. Um, that's oh. interesting. Also, it might work on rats, but then kill the rat soon after. Mm-hmm. So it might be the best anabolic androgenic steroid ever, mm-hmm. but your liver rots. How do you feel about all drugs being available to anyone over the counter as long as you can pay for it? Not illegal, like just fully available. You can go into, you could order it anywhere. You could go somewhere. <clears throat> so this is the, the libertarian argument. I like it. I think you should. I, be able to I, do I definitely think you should. Like, you can drink alcohol all the time. But, so then the issue becomes like... As you do. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I go drinking less than... No, nah, I'm, I'm joking. Every other one of my friends bear you. Dara is hardly ever in work drunk. Like, less than twice a week. <laughs> no, I'm rarely drunk for the whole day. Yeah, like, you don't start drunk, but sometimes... It's not my fault. It's the only way the voices stop. I just look over sometimes and you're slouched at your computer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Fucking hell, I lost my train of thought Libertarian. Uh, yeah, right. So then it becomes like, should drugs be available to everyone? So mm-hmm. like, morphine is essentially the best drug in the world ever. Sure is. Should that be available to everyone? Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it should. Like, But mm-hmm. then how are you going to educate enough people? So you'll end Don't. up losing most of the population in the first 50 years. Good. <laughs> I, I genuinely think you should be allowed to get whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. Like... But society changes drastically afterwards. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Portugal have a great time with the decriminalization mm. of that. Uh, apparently, they're doing really well with it. There was a lot of stuff in Ireland where, not a lot of stuff. There was some cases where they wanted to do decentralized needle banks, essentially, or yeah. the kind of administration zones. Uh, there's one over here. Did they open it? So there was a lot of who have. So there's a Switzerland do it are kind of pioneers of it. I think. What's the name of the the heroin alternative? Methadone. There's a methadone clinic over just over here. Great Rise Against song, by the way. R- really? Methadone, yeah. Is that is Rise Against the music? The no, yeah, they're punk like. But okay. funny enough, Rise Against are straight edge. Actually, they don't drink or do any alcohol. Or no way. Yeah. Anyway, it's bizarre. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of Portugal, how excited are you to go to Portugal for the training camp? I'm very excited to try some methadone in Portugal. <laughs> No, do you have any gear now? I'm really excited for multiple days of intense sunshine in a row. 
Yeah. That's going to be... And then I'll be returning to Portugal later that month for a family holiday. Yes. So that'll be nearly twice in one month. That's amazing. Because... You'll be so sunburned. I, I don't really get sunburned, but I just get slightly less pale. Okay. Like... You wouldn't notice until you'd see it, like, midsummer compared to now, you know? Yeah. Where you're like, oh, you're uh, you're paler now, you know? Yeah, it's difficult because it, it's a gradual sliding scale. You don't really notice it. See, you go the colour I look dirty. Mahogany. Yeah. Yeah, there it gets... I uh, just look like I haven't showered in weeks. That's that Spanish in you or whatever. The farden. Would you ever get a twi- 23 and me done? I told you. Go on, get it done. I told you I'm not doing it. They're not having my DNA on file. Well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I actually took a sample. And here's on the show. <laughs> We're going to look at the results. Oh, my God. I'd love to do that Somebody to ring his dad. Jeez, that's, <laughs> that'd definitely be illegal. But it'd be so funny. Oh, my God. Imagine this. Like that you, could, you could easily do it. There, we're just doing a reaction video today on some random footballer in there. Oh, my down, God. And then I just whip out the results. Oh, my God. Imagine, imagine if it was like... I'd learned something drastic. Imagine if I'd done it already and I'd learned that actually... I was adopted. You were adopted. And I just rang Joe Vincent. She was like, you can't do that. And I just never said anything about it. Oh my God. No. So, uh, yeah, the yeah, I'm really looking forward to just aggressive sunshine. Yeah. I, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I also can't wait to just have... I, I like coaching in person. Mm-hmm. I like the coaching voice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, It really is... It's something I don't miss until I start doing it again. And then I'm like, oh, I like this. Coaching in person is is a particular kind of mental tiredness you get if you do enough of it in a row. Oh, my God, yeah. One of the big things you've learned is that you just shouldn't be standing for the whole thing. There's a reason all old coaches sit down when they're coaching. Or they hold a stick and they lean against the stick. The stick is merely a just a, a little stopgap until you sit down again you can't rely on the stick as a primary means of support anyone who thinks a coach uses a stick for some sort of physical cueing mm-hmm. or in lieu of a barbell so to show you something that stick is there to support their body weight it is the third leg of the tripod i would say it's just something to do with my hands generally <laughs> and then I, I do a bit of leaning but i don't get a lot out of the leaning to be honest i'd really i really want a zimmer frame for you leaning know, what i what I get a lot out of is I kind of throw my hip against the wall and I tuck one leg up behind the other. Mm. So I'm kind of posted against the wall like a lean to. You, I get a lot out of that. Like even if you sit on a box, you're still either slouching forward or leaning back. Like really what I want is an office chair. I just want to sit there in an and office roll chair. around. There's no requirement for me to be standing up. But were I to try to keep people in a gym that I owned, I would have to stand up for appearances, you know? I Yeah, definitely when I was working in the gym, Mm-hmm. I would be you'd have to make your presence felt in the room yeah yeah you're, you're walking up and down even if you're just like walking past the person as they're squatting mm-hmm. just to make it feel like you're involved with them as well but think about every Eastern European coach Soviet coach SNC weight of thing yeah they're all sitting down at a desk Miso's <clears> dad <throat> had a an office desk yeah with a chair mm-hmm. and like the old style office desk with drawers either side mm-hmm. where you'd think he'd have paper clips and staplers and uh, he just has a few bits around the desk. Mm-hmm. Cakes. Cakes. Turkish Lovely coffee. little cakes. Random cakes. Yeah. That's, uh, that people bring to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People always bring them cake actually. Yeah. They were. A lot of people brought him food. Remember they brought him that like fermented butter oh thing. Oh my God. Ashraf bought that, that was, was so good. And he, actually, I'm going to look up that and see if I can make it. So they ferment butter in giant, like thousand litre casks. I don't have one of those. tanks. I can get an IBC. 
And then when they take the butter out of it, they're left with this really rich, Butter. seasoned buttery oil <laughs> yeah. at the bottom and you dip bread into it and it's phenomenal but but they do it underground I think is that is I think that's what Asher was saying I need to figure this out if anyone knows what we're talking about the specific name of we could also text Ashraf and ask him um, what, what is the butter the fermented butter yeah that was so good he said it took a couple of months to ferment as well or do what it was we were talking there recently about how interesting it is that essentially every culture in the world did some kind of fermentation of something like yes. wine, beer, all the way to like sauerkraut, kimchi. There's literally thousands of different styles of fermented food. Like all the way, like Iceland have that fermented shacks thing. Yeah. You've got like tofu, uh, beer. Fermented herring. Dough, bread, sourdough. Original bread yeah. was all fermented, of course. Uh, there was no addition of yeast. You know, I'm not sure if your thoughts have changed on this. Because last time you thought about it, you're like, it's amazing that everyone came to this discovery. Yeah. And they all kind of came to it independently. Aliens. No. Oh, close. But yeah. fermentation just happens. Yeah. So like, Thank God. when elephants eat a load of sugar cane, it actually just ferments in their stomach and they get drunk off the alcohol, you know? Yeah, delinquent. So, <laughs> delinquent elephants getting asbos. Jesus. Uh, but, so then if you have a tank or a, like a bowl of milk mm-hmm. and you just leave that bowl somewhere, mm-hmm. that'll ferment. Well, it'll go off like. But if you, if, if they can zit, can Oh my god! Mm-hmm. If the conditions are correct, yeah. and my stroke <laughs> leaves that's me that's the methadone now in the trunk. Uh, if the conditions are correct, it will ferment. Mm-hmm. Or if you have apple juice, or you even just have berries in a container, if the conditions are correct for that, it will ferment. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. enough yeast on the skin of the berry that it'll ferment. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a thing that they came to that realization. It's like saying, "Well, it's mad that everyone eats meat." Everywhere there's animals, and animals are made of meat. And people are just like, Jesus, that's what I'm saying, though. But also, I want to say something. I know going off is the same as fermenting, but you don't say, I left my gun off, milk, and I got kefir, (laughs) you know, or kefir. You've got, you actively went for fermenting. But what I'm saying is interesting is that obviously they found it out through natural processes. They didn't set up a lab independently and acquire multiple different strains of bacteria and start fermenting things and then realize, oh, you know, this is actually. But it's the fact that everyone carried it on. Yes. And everyone found their own niche or fermentation mm-hmm. to do stuff with. Yeah. Isn't that, that's what I think is the most interesting thing. It is very interesting. Do you think you wouldn't... So you're on the fermentation buzz at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of semi on the fermentation buzz and I was all to be honest because you're just always talking. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think yeah. if you drank a few pints yeah. once a month right. that that would scratch that primal itch for fermented goods? Uh, me personally or just as a person in general no you personally no I don't think the fermentation I, uh, I don't think that particular fermentation is uh, in any way beneficial but I'm, I'm saying there might be a primal urge for fermented goods within you it's not impossible yeah but uh, like I don't Murphy's. I haven't actually looked in to see if fermented alcoholic beverages. see I think you're just afraid of fun or <laughs> oh it's a day drinking fun to you is it y- yes so my, is that why you're drunk right now no, no. The I think I don't know, but see, a, a lot of beer was used before because water was so dirty. But that was during kind of industrial revolutions and civilizations. But mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of fermentation is like pre, not pre-civilization, but smaller cultures. You know. Okay. I currently have three things fermenting at the moment. Go on. So I have kefir. Uh, one thing on kefir. Hmm. Don't you say 
kefir, and then you always say kefir afterwards. It's because you're it's because you're supposed to say kefir. It's an American way of saying kefir. 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 Yeah, you just shouldn't. It's just like, okay. Because like, most of the time you say, yeah. "Oh, I've got some kefir at home." I yeah. mean, kefir. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. It's apparently like it's it's a wrong way of saying it, really. Okay. And people are always coming up saying things wrong, like so. I'm just trying to correct it. You people know? really get on us about oh saying gosh. things wrong, don't they? It's lovely, don't you? It's like Toma. If you think I say things wrong, yeah. My father can't say the word oven <laughs> or violet. Yeah. Because he, where he's originally from, it would be oven or violet. How often do we have a call with someone and they're like, hey, Ian and Dairy. Dairy. And it, and it never once bothers me that someone has said my name wrong. It never bothers me at all. People uh, didn't even know it was Gurf. No. That was Gert. Gert. Yeah. Uh, the, the fact that they say Ian and they're so confident. Confident. Yeah. Because E O I N. And you're like Eon. 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 It makes sense. It like, does make. You can't have a go off them. They don't know it's a different language and the Irish language isn't suited for a Latin alphabet, basically. The Irish language isn't suited for much, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for talking. But uh, I have kefir. Kefir. Kombucha. I'm really excited to taste my kombucha. Oh, I saw an unbelievable so, kombucha recipe for you yesterday. Go on. So you're making like chicken nugget burger things. Um, so spicy kim- or spicy you've, kimchi. You've gotten off to a weird start. Sorry. Yeah. Spicy kimchi. Oh, that's racist. Diced up real yeah. fine. Right. With uh, like a white meat mince. Mm-hmm. So whether it's turkey or, or chicken or whatever. And then putting an air fryer in these little nugget things. <laughs> they look amazing. I think... I think that would be delicious. I'm not, I'm not, I am not saying that Go wouldn't on. be delicious, but I think that I think might this is going to be condescending. Defeat the, <laughs> that might defeat the purpose of fermenting stuff for the benefits. Really? Not saying it's not delicious. Yeah. This yeah. looked, I'm not going to like this looked delicious. I think roasting hot 200 degrees air frying probably would kill the bacteria because Autoclaves are usually like 120 degrees and they would kill everything except for spores. Okay. So the 200 degrees. Phone, how funny oh that we god. talked about this. Oh my god. Literally, we've been how long have we been making videos and podcasts? We're gonna have to pause this for a sec. <laughs> and I say at the start about you with your fucking phone. You actually did it and as we were recording, I was like, Fuck it, I should turn that on silent. Um as you were. So uh, the idea of battering kimchi and air frying it would be delicious. I've no doubt it. I would be all over that. And if you'd like a little vinegary peanutty sauce. They had a um a mustard, shiratsa, and it might have been some sort of peanutty sauce. It looked phenomenal. One, this this a broader point here. What is panko, Garth? Panko? Because they all batter their stuff in panko. Panko? Yeah, it's like a crispy breading batter. Jesus, I've never heard of panko, I'd say. Panko, you definitely have. Is it dessert? Like for tempura prawns? Or oh, yeah, that's just... Uh, is it just breadcrumbs? It's just kind of breadcrumbs, I'd say. Crispy breadcrumbs. Yeah, that's all it is. Panko. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, you have that at home, actually. I use it. It's just kind of flavoured. Flavoured breadcrumbs. Japanese stuff they put on tempura, yeah. Hmm. I've never made it, but I have a bag of it, like, for deep frying stuff sometimes. Just in case. You never know, like. But, yeah... The I haven't made so like there is like levels of fermentation as well you know <laughs> the more basically the more you have the more the more different things that go into it the better basically because you get more strains of bacteria okay and the uh, the diversity you call it alpha diversity is uh, generally unless it's a load of bad stuff like 
Ebola, for example. Bad. Bad. Yeah. Ebola, bad. Ebola, no. Or yeah. like if you had a load of like uh, aggressive pathogenic strains of E. coli. Yes. No bad. No it's good. bad. No good. But if you would normal general population things. Uh, I'll spit in the cup for you if you want. <laughs> Smelling your shits after the toilet, I would say you have a lot of work to do. A lot of bacteria. So Surely the smellier the shit, the better it is. I, you can take that one to someone who might know better and ask them that. <laughs> so basically it's like the more. So for the kombucha, I just went super basic, just black tea and sugar. Just the most basic one. Okay. And uh, hopefully my scoby. Do you remember what scoby is? Uh, yes. Symbiosis. In close. Symbiotic. Yeah. S-C-O-B-Y. Symbiotic something of bacteria. Mm-hmm. Culture. No. Uh, Symbiotic combination of bacteria. Combination. Bacteria and yeast. So I know essentially nothing about kefir and kombucha. Like sourdough, I've also sourdough as well, but I know I've done a lot of sourdough. Is that the third thing? Yeah, that's the third okay. thing. But that's uh, I'm a dab handed sourdough, so that's no problem. You are, you're a lovely little baker. Yeah, but the kombucha and the kefir. A lot of people have been helping on my Instagram. Someone actually okay. sent me their, it was said there was their professor's kombucha recipe. And it was like uh, translated from, I'm not sure what language it originally was in, but they sent it to me on how to mind your scoby and stuff you know okay there's stories of people having a sourdough starter that are over 100 years old 150 years old that's like the fellow who had a shovel but it, like he's had the same shovel for 50 years but it's had three new heads and four new handles yeah i agree with you it's 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 interesting but at some that's st- just not washing the pot well see every you have to routinely throw away some of your sourdough starter and put a new flour and water right or whatever you're putting into it to ferment rice and then you use, you only need a little bit to get your fermentation going. So you'd add just fresh flour and water and salt to make your bread. And you take a little bit of your starter and put it in. Right. But you routinely have to feed your starter. So the bacteria technically could be hundreds of, at that stage, millions of generations old. You know, so it kind but, of is true. The flour and water are different. But that bacteria is floating around in the ether. So that bacteria is could be thousands of years old anyway yeah well they don't live that long like. no but I'm saying like it's iteration oh yeah it would be like, yeah, genetically yeah. that's yeah so like does it mean anything to say like culturally it means something to say that it's a hundred years old I it guess. does it does yeah because mine at home now isn't a thousand years old or a hundred years old it's so. ten days old it's not even ten days old yet fuck yeah so one of my major problems is my oven is not great oh yeah so a lot of times I'll end up with uh, there's I think it's the consistency of the temperature. So I'll usually end up with a hotter outside of my... Whenever I'm baking, and I'll usually end up a bit harder. So I have to cook things a little bit lower. I just think the temperature uh, thing's not that accurate. Yes. Um, the We had a chemistry, biochemistry lecturer in college who was also into baking. Yeah. And she couldn't... She, oh, the, the whole thing. She didn't know the difference between Pacific and specific. <laughs> my God. So I, I went to very few of her lectures. But she reckoned <laughs> the two most important things in baking... Mm-hmm is the the accuracy of your temperature regulation in the yep, oven yeah and the accuracy of your measurements and uh and proportions of of yeah. ingredients baking is an exact science baking there's no like flavor making i've made that mistake a lot yeah you don't just pop a little extra in no no you i've made see i did a lot of cooking before i did a lot of baking and you know if you're like measuring the temperature of meat mm. if you want internal temperature and you're like 
120 ish. You're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever you're looking for. Whatever. Or if you're making a sauce. Yeah. And you're just like, let's just throw a little more of this in. I'd actually say it's inherently necessary when you're cooking. Yes. To go liberal with it. Cooking's much more of an art than a science. But when it comes to baking, you actually, I've fucked up so many things by being too liberal or trying to implement different ingredients because I didn't have the exact thing. But it just doesn't work. Yes. Like, it just doesn't work flat out. No. Like, you just... No, no, no. If you don't have 100 grams enough butter, it just won't work if you're trying to make yeah. pastries or whatever. Um, right. Yes. And now... I've still, so I've eaten some of the kefir. Okay. And how how's the taste? <laughs> the taste isn't great. Uh, it's not... I like the sour taste. Okay. I don't like the fizziness of some kefir. You know, the way it's like kind of carbonated because of the no way yeah yeah it's, it's, it's I'm not I'm not completely au fait now to be honest you've <laughs> left some bottles of kefir on the table and I've drank them a few times but that's it no they, so I like the sour kind of taste but mine is uh, just doesn't taste that nice but it's a really bland flavour and so if you mix it with yoghurt you just don't taste it anymore oh. so you mix it with other yoghurt is kefir not yoghurt no it's soured milk and yoghurt is sour milk I actually don't know how yogurt's made. Yogurt is just gone off milk. So I assume it's just another... Yeah, funny story about yogurt. It's just addition of lac- lactic enzymes, isn't it? Or lactic bacteria for yogurt, I would imagine. I'm not sure. Yeah. One of my sisters, when she was in school, mm-hmm. had this obsession with making yogurt for a while, right? Right. Did she but make it? Everyone, everyone thought it was disgusting. <laughs> but I was a baby, like. Yeah, yeah. Or a child, you know. Mm-hmm. I was young. Mm-hmm. But they just had gone off yogurt in the fridge for weeks. And I was eating it flat out all the time. No way. Yeah, and they just had to get her to stop making it because I was just eating it all the time. And it was gone off, gone off. Yeah, maybe that's why you're so resilient to not getting food poisoning. Maybe. Very, very important is your fundamental years to development your microbiome. Really? Yeah, having a dog is really important. Our pets makes a big difference. Yeah. You essentially want to eat little bits of dirt sometimes. I ate lots of dirt all the time. I'd say I frequently ate... Actual dirt. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, you don't want to be exposed to pathogenic stuff. Okay, they, no that's good. the kill you dirt. Oh, no, no. But just non-pathogenic stuff that might even pass through or some residual. Like, if you're playing out in the garden with your kids, it might be not a big deal if you don't wash your hands and come in, basically. So what mm-hmm. if you gathered. Jeez, um, I used to always, you know, when you go to other kids' houses and you're a kid, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, wash your hands before dinner. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? I then, I, it's like, is that because he picks his nose, you know? That's why you thought. Or is he at himself the whole time that mm-hmm. he has to wash his hands before dinner? Maybe Joe Joe Fitz was ahead of the curve. Joe Fitz also grew up farming, though. Well, <laughs> we grew up on a farm as well and always on the farm. And routinely, our mother was always at us to wash our hands before eating. I, yeah, so if I came in from doing something, mm-hmm. my mother would be like, don't even come in here. Yeah. Because, uh, mm-hmm. but to be honest, I think that was a logistical thing of you're dragging shit in around the place. Jeez, that was uh, the bane of my mother's life because there was five males routinely doing stuff. Yeah, I can dragging, only imagine. Dragging shit in. Yeah. You know. I got to the stage where when I come home from rugby training, there was a blue barrel. You know the big blue barrels? Mm-hmm. Uh, full of water outside the back door and you dump your training gear in there. Oh, to get the dirt off? Full of water and you just like a yeah. pole of a sweeping brush, swirl it around, leave it out there overnight. That's very satisfying. Yeah. But you were tra- how often are you training rugby though? Five times a week. That's a lot of dirty gear. On the field, yeah. She's drying your geese is the biggest hassle ever, isn't it? I don't have a tumble dryer. Yeah, I tumble dry my gee. See, I, I'm very environmentally conscious in that regard, so... No, you're not. You're just going out there... Using zero point zero 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 one percent extra electricity, you know. 
Yeah. One thing I do really like about fermented stuff, and you'll agree with this, is I love doing stuff myself, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I can... I fully empathize with that. Like, if, if I'm having a whole meal of bread I've made myself... Oh, stop it. And, like, if I'm drinking the kombucha and I've had a deer that I've murdered myself, you know, I'm, I'm a happy guy. Like, Yes. I love feeding it to the boy as well. The boy. Giving him stuff that I've done, you know? The baby. Yeah. Yeah. The very, baby. Very big fan of that. You yeah. Know? You need to start growing your own veg. Yeah, it's a lot of hassle. And After Paddy's Day, I'm going to sow some seeds. What are you going to put in town? Spuds, tomatoes, onions, and maybe carrots. Even though the honesty box across the hill from us has unbelievable carrots and veg. But I think I'm going to do tomatoes, onions, spuds, <coughs> anyway. See, I don't have anywhere to store them, really. They last forever. How long's forever, though? I like if you put <coughs> if you put a big basket of spuds into a mm. cupboard, yeah. it would stay there for a year. See, we did it as, when we were younger. And all I remember, it was being an intense amount of work. And I don't know if I have enough no, time. No, but you literally just put them in and leave them there. No, I don't remember that being it. I do not. So easy. So you don't have a did ton Did you grow them in a, food, in a field? Yes, we did, you see. There that's was no different. Tunnel. You see, yeah, it's very different. Because see. then everything else wants to grow there. Yeah, that's the problem. And are you going to... But you have a tunnel in at home. Tunnel, yeah. yeah, you're going to use the tunnel, you see. Yeah. I just... Raised beds in the tunnel are lovely. What's the tunnel an cost? automatic though? watering system. Yeah, what's the tunnel cost, though, is the thing, you see. Yeah, I, see I have space for a tunnel. I, you do. Mm-hmm. You could get a lovely tunnel set up. I might wait till the boy is. I don't know. Yeah, the boy. You'd be better setting it up sooner. Yeah, so I have a dab. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would mind carrots and you like parsnip, don't you? Love parsnip. You're a yeah. psychopath. I'm a demon for it. No one likes parsnip. There's certain vegetables that I love. Think about this now. Raw for a broccoli stem. Yeah. Raw turnip. No. Parsnips. No. Yeah, all those things are great. Think about this for a second, Go right? On. How often do people eat parsnips on their own? Never. It's always with butter and carrots. No, Nobody eats that's not true. Other than you, Dara, who eats parsnips on but their how own. How am I supposed to have an honest opinion when I do it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You need to understand that you're being a contrarian here. And you no, parsnips, roasted parsnips. With, like, honey and butter and stuff mm. on them. In addition no, just to, roast them. In addition to onions, carrots and potatoes usually in there. Who, if think about being, this. If you're being... Super, yeah. If I'm really putting in a lot of effort, yeah, I'll put some oil on the baking tray. Think about this, get some salt, and then maybe some sugar. No, be honest now. Think of every cooking show you've ever watched when they're making a roast. How often is there just plain old white parsnips in there by themselves? Jeez, I love a boiled parsnip. No, come on now, Mashed. don't, don't, rarely, don't, rarely, don't but get sure, off track. How, how often would you see them boiling 15 potatoes and peeling them as well? Like? Routinely, yeah. No, Everyone boils cooking, potatoes. Yeah, but on a cooking show, you'd never see it. Yes, you would. They'd make stuff with potatoes. Yeah, but they wouldn't just boil a load of spuds with the, with the skins on them, feel the skins afterwards, and just eat them normally like a good Irish person would. <laughs> What's your, but they do do that, though. But they'll do a little extra. But no they'll one does do that. a lot okay, extra. Okay, they'll okay. Do like, I can see the point, They'll right? do like 200 yeah. mils of cream. Yeah. They'll do a load of salt and pepper. I can see they the might, point. They might do white pepper and salt pepper. When did they ever do that? With parsnips. When did they ever do that with parsnips, though? No one does that with parsnips. No I one do that with parsnips. Yeah, normal people. When does anyone go, I'd love some parsnips now when I go I home. actually really enjoy parsnips. Fucking listen to what I just said there. When do normal people... I, but I grew up in a house where everybody except one of my sisters like parsnips. I, the, no, like, it's wrong. You're actually, what's wrong with them? You're wrong. They're just bland, They're just non-orange tasteless. carrots. They're not bland. I'd say... That's because you're buying shop-bought parsnips. But they have a slightly... Dirt taste from them. No, you just didn't wash them. Sour dirt taste. There's a parsnip has a taste. Shit. 
No. No, that's the dirt you're not washing off them. Gack. No. I... I'll get you some good parsnips. I won't eat them. You will. Flat out won't eat them. A roasted parsnip, which is over the top. You should just boil them. I won't. But no one, literally nobody boils parsnips by themselves unless they've nothing else but parsnips left. No, that's not true. There, this is 1840 famine food. (laughs) Something, one of my favourite foods to have is... So you overboil the parsnip, overboil the turnip, and, and overboil the carrots. And just eat the carrots. And you mash them all together. My God, that's a good mix. So did, did you, you like carrot and parsnip mash? Only because there's carrots and butter in it. That's bollocks. But do you... Do you sorry, no. We need to go back there a minute. Did you say you eat raw turnip? Yeah. Why? That, it, that would be my favourite vegetable. You're not a heifer heading for the factory there. <laughs> You're not getting ready to be murdered. Like. Eating fodder beet. Yeah, what? No, I, I really enjoy that. Why? I don't even think you can eat turnip raw. I don't think you it's can. digestible. It is digestible. I'm pretty sure, like actually usable. What you mean? that you're getting micronutrients from? It. Are you drinking this with points again now and fermenting your no. stomach? No. <laughs> <laughs> I regularly enjoy. I just peel a turnip, a whole turnip. <laughs> there, no. I'll slice it. You've got and then it. I'll cut batons out of it. You've got to understand. Got you should hear me eating it. I hear you eating every day, but you've got to understand now. That there's people listening to this Most people are listening to this And they're thinking Plain parsnips and raw turnip Everyone's like Like this They're making a face like Like they're kind of Everyone knows what face I'm making right now And that's what they're doing right now That's not true Listen lads If you're listening DM us or send us an email If you agree with me I'm telling you Raw turnip is a game changer Turnip points And no Yeah If people are like People are going to write in now And be like yeah, you just season the turnip and then you have it with some like chickpea puree or something. I don't think other countries even eat turnip, so it doesn't even matter, I would think. So in Scotland, they call them Swedes. 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 They're eating people from the neighbouring countries. What? Why aren't, uh, you know, Scottish people could be... There's another word for, for turnips as well. Go on, any. They could be considered Nordic now that you're talking about that, you know? They can't. They're Gaelic. <laughs> but they're like... They're, they're up right there. up there, yeah. They're but, up there, like... Yeah, but we're... Yeah. We're right down there with France and we're not French. Like. Well, you're French. I am French, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Scotland's wild up top. Scotland is wild and empty up top. Yeah, that's a great way to have it. There's, yeah. a, there's a gentleman who... It's a brand of laptops. Starts at A. What's that brand of laptops? Asus. Asus. I think they're Dutch. It's one of the Dutch ones. Okay. Or no, not Dutch. Sorry, lads. Danish. And they... Bought a load of land to rewild, like I mean, thousands and right. thousands of acres. But then he like mysteriously died in like a helicopter accident or something a couple of years ago. Ah. All very strange. The, Danish. Some of the estates up there are insane. Mm-hmm. So we've done a lot of shooting up there, a mm-hmm. lot of the kind of red hind culling, mm-hmm. um, and there's areas so like estates of like thirty thousand acres. Which, if you're American listening to this, you're like. That's nothing, mm-hmm. but that's over in Europe. That's massive. That's mm-hmm. the size of a country, like. Yeah. And uh, we'd, you'd be going back into areas on the estate that literally nobody might have been to, in over a year. Yeah. Crazy. Nothing. And still, no one's eating parsnips out there. They'd eat a they'd eat a turnip if you threw it across the road at them. It's just I love it. I love how open it is and how wild it is. Yeah. They're they're so funny about the rewilding stuff up there. I heard uh, they don't like it. No, because a lot of the like rewilding projects are like a few thousand acres, and they'll put a big fence around it. Mm-hmm. And the 
there's nothing wild happening in there because it's just a, a controlled ecosystem in the same way whereas an estate is a controlled ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And they'll do things like they'll take out all the forestry mm-hmm. to rewild it. But then there'll be no deer there. Mm-hmm. And then because there's no deer on the side of the hill, the header gets way too high. Mm-hmm. And then because the header is way too high, there's no feed in the header, so there's no, gr- no grouse there. Mm-hmm. And then they won't burn off the header because burning it off would deemed to be unnatural. Mm. And then that further leads to there being less. So then you just get super acidic soil underneath the, gr- the gorse. Mm. Uh, and it, then it's a totally unwild place, you know, because there's nothing that lives there. Like, there's no biodiversity there. See, the problem is most people involved in those kind of things are very idealistic. Yes. People who don't really have any experience. It's like when people talk about Ireland when they're low eco-diversity you know which yeah. i would agree with like it is very poor in comparison to pretty much any other country in europe but the problem is they're like just you know hundreds of thousands of acres of sterile green fields and you're like you know someone has to grow food and i assume you eat food even if that is raw turnips and parsnips and it has to happen somewhere yeah farmers mostly don't make a whole lot of money uh, and if it wasn't for funding they, they'd make very little money. A lot yeah. of smaller farmers wouldn't be able to operate without the funding. And it's, uh, I think, it's it's just a lot of times it's people who are not au fait with it, love the idea of it. Intentions are good, but their implications are, are their implementation of their actions is very poor. See, that's the problem. If you're going to make enough money to buy a 10,000 euro estate, or yeah. sorry, 10 million euro estate, yeah, you won't have made that money by living in the countryside. No, not by milking cows. No, or by sheep farming, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. Like, the, like a lot of the bigger estates are bought by new owners. The owners probably lived in London or lived in mainland Europe for the last 40 years of his or her life mm-hmm. and raised a massive fortune and then they want to go and do this and it's like a noble cause. But, like, the local people up there who are managing forestry and burning off hillsides and burning off header mm-hmm. and managing deer populations and managing grouse and partridge populations and like the gamekeepers up there who are shooting the foxes and managing all the vermin like they understand what the countryside is not the person who's coming in to buy and in some way control that part of the countryside i was talking to so very interesting talk before on the importance of hooved animals on yes. regurgitating the soil and their importance in the the ecosystem you know large herds of them doing what they do yeah this person was a, a vegan and I started I was talking to this person about it and they were like that's not true <laughs> I was just like what and I was like no it's like it's uh, it's like a in in the science of uh, environmental rehabilitation or whatever like yeah. it's uh, they know it works really well it makes all sense they're like nope so that's one of the biggest issues in Killarney in yeah. the National Park is that so they used to have mounted cattle like carry mounted cattle on the hill there when the cattle are up on the hill the red deer will go up on the hill because the cattle are obviously like rotivating the soil but they're also keeping those mm-hmm. large <coughs> header blooms down you know mm-hmm. and then the deer can go up there the deer can feed and then you have the ground nesting birds that are up there they are able to stay up there now what you have in Killarney is red deer that basically don't go on the hill and red deer that stay down in the town of Clarny, mm-hmm. stay down on the farmlands because that's where all the grass is. Yeah, that's where the safe living is. You'll see them sitting next to a car park. You'll have a massive royal red stag, you know, 
If only there was a way of scaring them back up on the hills. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If there's only a way you could put pressure on them to stay. Uh, but so that's the problem. There's no pressure. But also, if they were to go back up in the hills, they can't eat up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's crazy. It's the yeah. The world really has gone mad. Like there was header burning on last week. Tuesday last week. So header burning in Ireland is really controlled. You can only do it on certain days of the year. Mm-hmm. And my missus was on Facebook and someone they know lives out in the countryside and was complaining, saying that they can't breathe because of the smoke in the air and that mm-hmm. this is a disgrace and they're destroying habitat. And that's somebody who's moved out there who has no concept of what the countryside is. Mm-hmm. And it's like people complaining about the smell of shit when farmers are spreading slurry. You yeah, know? yeah. And you're like, you you understand this is what has to happen for this to exist. Yes. Yeah. It's just craziness. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, that's kind of true everywhere though. That happens in a lot of countries. I'd say, yeah. Where people move from the, the particular environments. <laughs> there was I can't remember who was talking about this before, but they reckon, you know, the way like Tokyo is like the largest metropolitan area in the world. You know, it's a massive okay. area, and and obviously as humanity keeps going over thousands of years you know cities aren't going anywhere realistically unless something drastic right. happens and they're going to become larger and generations and generations of people will be living in them whether it's through natural selection or depending on who you listen to in regards to epigenetics uh not you not to be confused with eugenics but Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> like that people will adapt to city living in uh probably unique ways you know <clears throat> Like that it, is that's part of like people's toes getting shorter isn't it Wh- whose toes getting shorter so apparently humans are trending towards shorter toes you missed that memo did you i heavily missed that memo yeah uh they're like trending towards shorter toes less bone mass in the front of the face like all these from not getting knocked as much i assume we're not trying to catch things with your face so this, it's it's interesting because sometimes people make the mistake of thinking that it's all entirely adaption. So they just think that, for example, we grow longer thumbs because we use phones, you know? Yes. But that's not really how it works. But there's also, there is some evidence or some cases for, you Aliens. know. <laughs> <laughs> there is, you know, implications or turning on or switching off of genes. Because it happens every day, yeah, yeah. like depending on what you eat, sunlight, environmental factors, you know, and it's... It's probably a combination of both of those, you know. And it's uh, it's interesting to see, like, would people have better filters for brake dust, or would they be able to deal with it better yeah. than compared to people who grew up in generations in the country or something, you know? Because that's the thing: you have a gene within you mm-hmm. that could, if poorly expressed and yeah. and transcribed, would allow you to have a tail. Mm-hmm. Like you have a tailbone. You you could know that if only you would do a twenty three and me as well, you know. They're not getting it. Yeah. But like they have it. We're just we're just one turn on away mm. from having tails. It's probably see like there's like Sorry, it's, it's not one turn on away. Yeah. It's millions of, of gene editing yeah. transcriptions away, but that exists within you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, like as an embryo, like it obviously couldn't yeah. couldn't happen as an adult, you're not gonna grow a tail. No. Yeah, you mightn't. <laughs> I, grow, I could grow a tail Loser uh, I could grow a tail if Imagine I wanted. how handy a tail would be for coaching in a CrossFit gym To lean back on Lean back and sit in your tail like a kangaroo So there's this weird niche in the internet of like biohacking you know Right But essentially they're the psychopaths They'll do things like uh, 
like the vagus nerve thing is big with them so it's like the longest kind of nerve in your body you know? yes. and it's it's very important in terms of like your parasympathetic and sympathetic kind of activation and engaging with it will help you relax a lot more and there's optimal controls with it and there's all functions or whatever that are supposed to happen naturally yes and uh you know you if people have vagus nerve issues there is medical devices that are i would suppose not fringe but they're rarely used you know but mm-hmm. they can be put in and it'll stimulate your vagus nerve similar like a kind of a pacemaker kind of thing you okay know? but they're used very sparingly and they're only in like necessary cases and they, they'll take them out when needs or you can have different variations of them but these biohackers will do this themselves like they will make their own vagus nerve stimulator put it in I themselves d- i was just about to say i know exactly where they put it <laughs> <laughs> So it's usually in the back <laughs> the of the second neck. use there. It is in their ass. Yeah. No, they, they they do things like this, you know, and they're Yeah, it's for biohacking. They <laughs> <laughs> heard that before. They is that how they got you? So they they do they use this as like this is the next evolution in human species, is not natural evolution, it's like intervention, you know. Yes. Uh, they kind of see themselves as on the fringe of biohacking. Yes. Um, like your man, that Leon Longevity fellow would have been kind of yes. involved in that kind of stuff. Uh, it's just a weird way of not taking steroids, I suppose. It's Yeah. It's the same game they're playing. Yeah. They play the same. Yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. I, a lot of them do kill themselves. Yes. Not not, not no, through no. suicide. Like no, they no, die no. Because they, they've, they have terrible outcomes from the things they do. Yeah. And it, it's the thing of that... Uh, like you cannot stop once you start. You're not going to go from putting a chip in your brain that's st- in your brain in inverted commas brain <laughs> uh, that stimulates your vagal nerve. You're not going to stop and then be like, "I wonder would mindfulness be better?" Yeah, but no, you're going to be like, yeah. "I need a new processor in the chip." Well, they do say it's never just one cycle. Like, <laughs> no, but sure, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it is true. It is, but I don't think. Uh, they're n- I don't think they're the next step for the humanity. I hope not. I think, uh, you know, some people think that the neural link kind of thing. Yes. That that's the next thing. But, like, it's not... The barrier for entry for that is a hole in your skull, you know? I think the next iteration is more tailored medicine. So medicine that's tailored to your own mm-hmm. genetic profile. It might be that in the diagnostic process for for everything, you have a a system where you actually understand the exact strain of bacteria that's causing your illness or the mm-hmm. exact virus that's giving you your cold. Yeah. And now you get a very, very specific, uh, like very specific introduction of some sort of medical intervention through that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer a, a massive broad uh, antibiotic they give you. They'll basically test whatever you have. Yeah. There'll be something produced in a desktop machine. Yeah. That will directly go against that. The that's kind of happening a little bit with the like the application of non-diabetic people using continuous blood glucose monitors. Yes, which I'd be interested in trying actually. Uh, and that'd I, be right up your street. There'd be a good video as well. Yeah, but uh, then I'd have to document how much shit I eat. <laughs> so today I ate six donuts, <laughs> and it actually and spiked a big me. packet of off-brand uh, Jaffa cakes. No, it's it's. Uh, I'd be very interested to see, but I think you could get easily, like, people do get very neurotic over it, you know. Um, yeah. But I'd be interested to see just in relation to training and stuff, but I don't, there's nothing we can really do with the data at the moment, you know. Uh, 
But they're eventually you just have more tailored nutritional intakes. Yeah, apparently you see what you do see is the most interesting or the most useful thing you see from some people is that they will routinely eat something that yes. they never really took any notice of. For example, a fucking banana or a raw turnip, and they'll wear the continuous blood glucose monitor. And they'll see a huge prolonged spike, a large area under the curve from like a banana, you know? Yes. Instead of just a, a peak and then a drop off straight away, you know, they'll see like near diabetic levels of like blood glucose uh, for a prolonged period of time. And then they'll be like, oh shit, I didn't know that apricots. Yeah, really triggered it. Really that fucked much. me up, you know? And I don't know, is there, there I don't know, is there any evidence yet that that uh, prolonged exposure to those really makes any difference if you come back to normal pretty fast you know mm -hmm. but it is uh it's definitely going that way yeah i think in 20 years you won't recognize medicine well, maybe at 20 years maybe like 30 or 40 years yeah medicine compared to when we're like to our kids we're like that bit of cal paul there now when i was younger oh my god yeah or a little whiskey now my teeth weren't sore like this on, yeah. on a concluding point because i'm on. gonna go because i'm on. eating in 60 seconds go on uh brett weinstein Mm -hmm. had a point in that and he said basically nothing has changed in the last that's just not true I heard him say he that said, do you hear that that's nonsense he said excluding computers and screens nothing has changed everything in the world has changed yeah how would you know medicine that? has changed yeah nutrition has changed all through the use of computers and mm -hmm. better processing power automobile design has changed like every single thing in the world has changed training hasn't changed because of computers yeah. you can't be like Okay, excluding what happens on Earth, yeah, yeah, nothing in the world has changed. If you're in a vacuum in space, how would you know you weren't in the 1970s? Like that's essentially what he yeah. was saying, you know. Yeah, just shut the fuck up. Like that's just such non. That's just word salad there. And on that point, thanks very much for listening. As always, for training programs, consultation, one-to-one -one coaching, follow the link below. It'll bring you to seekastrength.com, and we'll talk to you all again soon.